0: <laughs> <laughs> Mary The uh, well, welcome to <laughs> my world is <laughs> push you <think> <laughs> well, You're people. sitting. Oh, that really us <laughs> Sit <down. laughs> <laughs> dogs for nothing else. <laughs> I don't the
1: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Community Baptist Church, and we especially welcome any guests that we have today. Uh, we want to remind you that there is a, a book at the end of each row, a little maroon book. We ask that you uh, please sign that, so we do have record of your attendance today. Uh, we want to remind you that the deacon elections are coming up, and there's a sample ballot over here on the front table. If you do not want to be considered for a deacon, you need to remove your name from that list, please, if you're a member. Uh, We started the CBC Hoops and Cheers yesterday. We had a really good day. Everything went really well. We appreciate all the volunteers, everybody that came out to help. Uh, We will be running that for the next five Saturdays if you can volunteer See myself or Sybil or Nora or Mary Rye, and we can sign you up to volunteer. We still need some help each week in the concession stand, and we still need some help each week with the cleanup. Uh, We will be doing Salvation Army. We'll be serving at Salvation Army on the 29th. That will be going on while we'll have uh, hoops and cheers going on here. So if you can volunteer for that, see myself or Mike Sugg. We need volunteers that day from 1045 till about 1 o'clock to help serve, prepare the meals, serve, and clean up. Uh, So we're going to have two ministries going on at the same time. So we need all hands on deck if you can help with that, please. Uh, We will be having a worship team meeting today at 4. So if you're on the worship team, if you can come for that. Um, Is there any other, anybody else have anything? Okay. So uh, at this time, we're just going to stand and we ask that we just greet each other, okay? Thank you.
0: Are you doing the introduction now?
1: As you are finishing your gathering and just before we, uh,
0: begin our song, one more announcement. I know nobody's listening to me.
2: If you would like one of the Hoops and Cheers t-shirts, we are, we have, we are going to put in another, uh, order in. These are the (laughs) t-shirts.
0: I know it. Chris, Chris Hopgood said, one, one sleeve says staff. Chris
2: Hopgood said if we put rod down the other side we could say thy rod and thy staff they comfort um but they're going to be about twelve
0: dollars so if you would like one see christine cornelius okay
2: Bless that wonderful name of Jesus. What a wonderful song, an upbeat song. And sometimes you don't realize what's happening behind the scenes. We were kind of having a little dance session back here in the baptismal pool while we were singing that. So it's a great song. So thank you. Thank you for that. Join me, please, in our baptismal liturgy. It's a responsive reading that's printed in your in your bulletin and also on the screen. We gather to witness the story of God's salvation acted out in the waters of baptism in holy worship. Remember your baptism and to give thanks. Through our baptism, we are marked as a people who believe in the radical act of redemption through Jesus. We are immersed into the of
0: life and raised
2: to walk on mission to Christ in the world. We do not know what new thing will be born in us, but we ask God's grace to respond in Christ-like love. Let's Oh God, drench us in the living waters of your love. Immerse us in the depths of your spirit. This is Trey. He is my brother, he is my friend, and he has made a commitment to Jesus Christ. He has said yes to the redeeming love of Christ. And he is responding in obedience through baptism into the waters of fellowship in our church and into the body of Christ. We celebrate this with you, Trey. We all do as your family and God. Trey, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. in This is my brother James. He also is my brother and my friend. We are uh, related to one another through the love and redemption of Jesus Christ. And we are here uh, to celebrate his baptism today as he begins a new life in Christ. James, I baptize you in the name of the Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is my brother, CJ. As you can tell, he's one tall drink of water here. I've been worried about this one a little bit. <laughs> but, but we're going to get this done because we believe in the grace of God. <laughs> uh, but that's what brings us here is the grace of God, because in baptism... We are cleansed of our sins, and in baptism we are laid into the water as we lay into a grave, but we don't stay in the grave like Jesus. We are resurrected to a new life, and that's what this baptism symbolizes. And so we baptize CJ today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. CJ, I baptize you in the name of the Father.
3: You guys hear me? Okay. So today we are talking about baptismal, or baptism. and I wanted to tell you guys a little bit of a story. You guys are, when I have to speak to children, it makes me very nervous. You guys are a, hard, a tough crowd. Um, I want to tell you guys a story about when I got baptized. It was a long, long time ago because I'm very, very old, <laughs> but no, it wasn't that long ago. Um, I went to Bible school. We had a Bible school that was here, and um, we'd go to every room and do different crafts, and um, after that Bible school, I felt that I wanted to be baptized. I felt that God was calling me to be baptized, and so do any of you remember Dr. Dunaway? That was a long time ago. He Probably none of you were here. He was here when me and Wyatt's mommy were, were little. And he came out to my house to talk to me. I know it was a big deal, a preacher coming to my house to talk to me. And so he told me all about what baptism meant and talked to my parents. And then I decided to be baptized. The only problem was the church then was downtown. The church wasn't in this big building it's in now. So we didn't own our own baptism. So we couldn't, we couldn't do this back here because we didn't have that at the church we were at before. We were in a really tiny spot. And so another church was really nice. And they said, don't worry, you can come use our baptismal area. And we said, great. So I was actually baptized on a Sunday night. The only problem is when we got there, we thought there was going to be water. Like there is in ours, but there was no water in there. So guess what we had to do? We had to fill it up with water. And I'm pretty sure Bob Crafton was one of the people that helped fill it up with water. I don't know why I remember that. But uh, because we had to fill it up with water, we had to, there were lots of people there you know, that were waiting for the baptism. So we had to do something while we were waiting. So we sang one song, but they weren't done yet. So then we sang two songs, but they weren't done yet. So then we had to go on and on. So we sang lots of songs because they had to bring water for, in buckets to the baptismal area, and you could hear them dropping the buckets, so we had to sing louder, so you couldn't hear them dropping the water. But but I was still really excited, and my friends, their names are Katie and Christy, they were baptized with me, and so then it was finally time to be baptized. The only other thing that they didn't tell me, and I don't know how warm this water is today, but... They had we had to use really, really, really cold water and there was only about this much water in there. That's all the water we'd been able to get in there in that amount of time because of how we were having to put it in. So I had to kind of do what CJ did and get down a little bit lower. I'm not nearly as tall as he is, so I had to get down kind of low. But we made it all work and Dr. Dunaway acted like we had an entire river to do it in. You know, and we still we still just went along with it. But the biggest thing about baptism, you know, even though that didn't go quite like we had planned, it was still a really, really important time. But after you're baptized, that's just the beginning of what you're going to do in the church. That isn't the end saying, all right, I made it, great. That's when you make sure that you are, you know, reading the Bible, asking questions, and really living the life that God wants you to live. So this is just the beginning of what these guys are going to help us do in the church. And they are going to help us be some really, really good leaders. And if any of you ever feel like you want to be baptized, have any of you been baptized yet? You have as well. If any of the others of you have any questions, you know, or you ever feel like you want to be baptized, you can always ask Dr. Hobbs or Miss Katie, myself, Ms. Rachel. Anybody in the church can kind of tell you about it. Okay. But what we'll do is say a prayer for these three guys especially. So if you bow your heads with me. Dear God, thank you for bringing all of us together today. Also, thank you for bringing these three wonderful men to Community Baptist Church to help us with our mission of being the presence of Christ in a world in need. Amen.
2: pray with me. Gracious Heavenly Father, you are the God of spring and the God of fall and the God of all times. Be with us this day as a church family, as a church community, as we strive to live as you would have us live. Please take these gifts, bless them, multiply them, and use them for the building
1: of your kingdom. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.
3: Today's scripture reading comes from Luke chapter 3, 15 and 16, 21 and 22. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, when all the people were baptized and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove and a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved with you. I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord.
2: We have just witnessed a remarkable event in the baptism of these three, and uh, it is a uh, an event worthy of celebration. I think we have done that today in a very, very good way. Uh, but it's also a solemn event as we um, as we introduce them into the house of God, into the family of God here. And it seems that sometimes the most solemn occasions of the church can also provide the most for the most humorous situations. Uh, Dr. Bill Self, who many years ago was my boss, had two sons who were notorious for pulling pranks. And, and so one Sunday morning, while, uh, before Dr. Self was uh, preparing to perform a baptismal service that morning, his sons decided it might be a good idea uh, to release a bunch of goldfish into the baptismal pool. <laughs> Indeed, a memorable baptism, and I think I've played for you before the video uh, of uh, the kid that did a cannonball into the baptismal pool. That was a memorable baptism, and I heard about another lady who was being baptized, and as her pastor laid her back under the water, she suddenly stiffened her body and her eyes popped open, and her pastor wasn't exactly sure what had happened, but something had definitely happened. And then as, she, as he pulled her back up from the water, she put her hand on the back of her head. And it was then that he realized that he had moved toward one end of the baptismal pool. And when he lowered her into the water, he smacked her head on the steps. Uh, honestly, I was a little worried about that with CJ this morning. He's so tall. But, <laughs> but one thing is for sure. A baptismal service, no matter what happens, is a memorable event. And it can certainly be said that the baptism of Jesus was unforgettable. Our Lord was baptized by his cousin, John, in the wilderness. And in doing so, Jesus set a precedent for every person who would follow him. We were baptized because Jesus was baptized. I remember talking with a woman years ago about being baptized. She had joined our church, and I talked to her about being baptized, and she felt like she wasn't good enough to be baptized. She wasn't holy enough to be baptized. But here's the thing. Being baptized doesn't mean that you're perfect, and being baptized doesn't mean that we've got our lives all together, and and, and being baptized doesn't even mean that we have our theology all worked out. Being baptized simply means that we have acknowledged Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. And we have committed ourselves to walk in His footsteps to the best of our ability. You know the basic story of Jesus' baptism. Luke begins his version with a brief description of John's ministry. He tells us that the people were filled with expectation and they were wondering if John might be the, the Messiah that they had been waiting for for so long. But John answered them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the straps of his sandals, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And then a few verses later, Luke describes Jesus' baptism. When all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, Heaven opened up and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in the form of a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Wow. Wow. Talk about a memorable baptism. Wouldn't you love to have been there that day to experience that, to have seen that for your, with your own two eyes? When Jesus was baptized and as he was praying, heaven opened up and the Holy Spirit descended upon him and a voice came from heaven. You are my son, my beloved. And I'm so pleased with you. This event of Jesus's baptism is important to all Christians for several reasons. First of all, it reminds us of Christ's humility. You know, when you think about it, for Christ to submit to baptism by John, it was a demonstration of great humility for him. This was this was the Christ about whom Paul said he was co-equal with God. He was a co-creator with God and morally perfect. So this this isn't just another sinful character in need of cleansing. This was the Son of God Himself, and yet Christ humbled Himself. And was baptized by this mere mortal. Paul tells us that Christ emptied himself of all the perks of being God's son. And took on the role of a servant. And not only did he do that. But he told us that we should have that spirit of servanthood as well. A spirit of humility. A spirit of self-denying service. Booker T. Washington had that kind of humility. Humility. Shortly after this renowned black educator took over the presidency of the Tuskegee Institute in Alabama, he was walking in, a, in an exclusive uh, area of town and he was stopped by a wealthy white woman. And not knowing the famous Dr. Washington by sight, she asked if he would like to earn a few extra dollars by chopping wood for her. Well, he didn't have anything else to do. He had no other pressing business at the moment. And so Professor Washington smiled and rolled up his sleeves and proceeded to do this humble chore that she had requested. And when he had finished, he carried the logs inside the house and stacked them neatly next to the fireplace. But while he was doing that, there was a young lady who recognized him and later revealed his identity to the lady of the house. And so the next morning, this an embarrassed woman went to see Dr. Washington in his office, and, he apologized, and she apologized profusely. I'm so sorry. I didn't know that was you. And he said, it's perfectly all right, madam. Occasionally, I enjoy a little manual labor. And besides, it's always a delight to do something for a friend. She shook his hand warmly and assured him that his meek and and gracious attitude had endeared him to her and his work to her heart. And not long afterwards, she showed her admiration for him by persuading some of her wealthy friends to join her in donating thousands of dollars to the Tuskegee Institute. What a demonstration of humility that is. You know, there's a, there's a lot being written these days about servant leadership. And of course, any person who engages in servant leadership is simply trying to emulate our Lord. F.B. Meyer used an analogy for this kind of leadership. He said, I used to think that God's gifts were on shelves, one above the other. And that, that the taller we grew in our Christian character, the easier we we could reach them. But now I find that God's gifts are on shelves, one beneath the other. And it's not a question of growing taller, but of stooping lower, that we have to go down before we can go up. Now, humility, in a biblical sense, it is not to be confused with false modesty. It's not allowing yourself to be a doormat because you lack the courage to stand up for yourself. Instead, Jesus' humility was an act of courageous obedience to the will of God. He was baptized not because he was a sinful person. Not because he was swayed by John's prolific sermons. He was baptized not because he was a sinner. Indeed, the Bible tells us that he knew no sin, and yet he was baptized because of his obedience to his Father. He did it to set an example for us. For you see, what God desires from us more than anything else in the world is that we might be obedient. And that's what humility is all about. I love an analogy that Tony Evans uh, uses. He talks about that old TV series, The Lone Ranger. You remember that. I, I know. Some, you're, some of you are old enough. <laughs> You remember the the Lone Ranger. Uh, It was a long running season. And Evan says that that his favorite part of of that series was the Lone Ranger's horse, Silver. Silver was the perfectly trained companion for the Lone Ranger. But Silver was not always so obedient. In the first episode, the Lone Ranger was part of a group of, of Texas Rangers, but they all got ambushed, and he was the only one that survived. He was left for dead, but recovered. And when he began to get his strength back, he heard the sound of a horse in the canyon down below him. And he surmised that that this horse could help him uh, escape from his situation. But the only problem was this horse was a wild stallion. And so the entire first episode of The Lone Ranger was about Silver being brought under the control of the Lone Ranger. Silver would throw him off and the Lone Ranger would climb back on and only to be thrown off again. And the Lone Ranger rode Silver and got on and off so many times until Silver finally got the message that he was no longer in charge. And when that happened, Silver became an amazing horse. Tony's point was that God has created you and me to do amazing things. But listen to this, we will never be all that God has created us to be until we humble ourselves and become obedient to the vision that God has for us. So you see, Christ's baptism is important, first of all, because it it shows us His humility, His willingness to submit to His Father's authority. And He sets the example for us to be just as submissive. So we see Christ's humility, but in Christ's baptism, we are also introduced to Christ's divinity. I find it interesting that the story of Jesus's baptism is one of the few places in the Bible where all three persons of the Trinity can be found or mentioned in one place. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, that may not get you all excited, but, I mean, after all, the word Trinity itself doesn't even appear in the Bible anywhere. And the idea of the Trinity, that that God comes to us in three persons, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, that whole idea wasn't even formulated in any formal way until a few hundred years after Jesus' resurrection. And yet, here at at Jesus' baptism, all three persons of the Godhead are present. The Holy Spirit descends upon Jesus, the Son, in bodily form, like a dove, and then the Father God, expresses god 's love and approval for Jesus, the Son. So you see all three of the of the persons of the of the Godhead are there now this may may seem like boring theological nitpicking to you, but it 's vitally important because you see the doctrine of the Trinity cemented the idea. That when we look at Jesus, we are actually looking at an accurate picture of the character of God. While Jesus was truly a human being, he was also the mirror image of God's character. It reminds me of a story that George Thompson told a while back. He said that when he was a teenager growing up growing up in the Appalachian Mountains, he gained great great respect for the uh, Cherokee Native American tribe that had its origins there. It seems that Thompson was was with a church youth group visiting a restored ancient village on the Cherokee reservation. And their Native American guide shared this insight from her oral history. She said, when the Christian missionaries came to the Cherokee tribes in the late 17th century and told them the story of Jesus, the tribesmen were quickly converted. Their chief announced, Our ancestors have always taught that God is just and merciful and forgiving, that God has compassion for us, but we did not know that this God has entered our experience. We did not know the suffering God, but now you have supplied us with the name and the personality of the God for whom we have longed, Jesus the Christ. My friends, that chief was a good theologian. Because folks, let me tell you something. When people ask us what God is like, all we have to do is to point to Jesus. That's what God is like. God is like this humble carpenter from Nazareth. God is loving and forgiving and accepting in the same way that Jesus was loving and giving and accepting. So if you want to know what God is like, look to Jesus. And that's That's one reason that this story of Jesus' baptism is so important to us. It's because it shows us Christ's humility, but it also shows us Christ's divinity. And it tells us that, that we can look to Jesus as the perfect picture of God's wondrous love. And that brings us to the final thing to be said about Christ's baptism today. And that is that it helps us also to understand who we are. What our identity is. Christ's baptism came at the beginning of his earthly ministry. He was about 30 years old at the time. And we don't know very much about his life before this. He had probably worked in his father Joseph's carpenter shop. And um, And all we know about his early years was that He was obedient to his parents, we are told. And he grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with mankind. But now at his baptism, he has this amazing experience. After he was baptized, the heavens opened up and the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. And a voice came came from heaven saying, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Theologians have been arguing for centuries about how much Jesus was aware of his own divinity. I mean, after all, could Jesus really understand what we go through as human beings if in the back of his mind he knew that secretly he was God? Was he just pretending to be human? If that's the case, then how could the Bible say that he was tempted in every way that we are? I think a more likely scenario is that Jesus' consciousness of his role as the anointed one of God was an emerging consciousness. And it reached its first stage of development right here at his baptism when he heard the voice of God saying to him, You are my son. But you know, regardless of what that meant to Jesus, It is certainly true for all of us that it is at our baptism that we receive our true identity. In some traditions, a person receives his or her name at baptism. And and while we do not receive our name at baptism, we most certainly do receive our identity. Because you see, baptism tells us that we are children of God. And the way we honor that baptism is to live in obedience to the will of God as best we are able to understand it. Pastors Eddie Fox and George Morris once visited Bao Island, which is a part of the Fiji Islands. And while they were there, the the chief of Bao Island showed them a small Christian church there that housed a, a large stone with a small cleft in the top of the stone. And according to the chief, this stone held a significant place in their history. Because in ancient times, this stone was used to crush the heads of their captives. It was a prominent weapon for them, and it was a symbol of the violent culture of their island. But once the message of Jesus reached the people of Bow Island, this rock was employed in a new way. It got a new life, so to speak. You see, it is now a baptismal font. The cleft that was once filled with blood is now filled with water for baptizing small children as they are brought into the family of God. The people of Bow Island concluded that, that once they were baptized, their way of life needed to reflect that baptism. And so they repurposed this once weapon into something purposeful and useful and loving. And you know, that's the way it is with us as well. We have been baptized. And as a part of that baptism, we are laid into the water as a form of burial, like Jesus was laid in a grave. But then we were lifted up out of the water as Jesus was resurrected from His grave. And we are lifted up Symbolizing that we have a whole new life. And that life should reflect the baptism that we have experienced. In our baptism, we are given our identity. We are children of God. We are a part of the body of Christ. And that means that our words and our deeds should reflect our identity. Just as Jesus humbled himself in obedience to the will of God so should we humble ourselves to live in obedience to God's will. As the Scripture says, So that all things people, that in all things people may see our good works and give thanks to the Father. We see here Christ's humility. We see here Christ's divinity. And we are also reminded of who we are in baptism. We are the body of Christ at work in the world today. Reminding the world that it is loved. We are the children of God, and that's how we are called to live. And that is the charge that I leave with CJ, with Trey, with James. And it's the charge that I leave with each of you as well. Remember your baptism and live accordingly. Amen. Amen. Let's sing together our closing hymn, Breathe On Me. Uh, The Spirit of God breathed on, on Christ that day. And just as the Spirit of God could breathe on Christ, the Spirit of God can breathe on each of us. And that's my prayer for each of us, for all of us, as we worship the Lord and as we come before the Lord. So let's open ourselves up to the fresh breath of God's Holy Spirit and sing, Breathe On Me. God has laid claim to your life. By your baptism, you have been set apart and marked as God's own child forever. In grace, may God watch over you. And in strength, may you go forth in service to others. Amen. Surely.